You're listening to the Wally Local History Podcast, researched, written, and narrated by Jean Lord. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Voiceit PR. Voiceitpr.com. Episode 2 King Street, Part 1. We will travel down the west side of the street in Part 1, from the grammar school to the gates of the Abbey Lodge at Bridge End. King Street became the main road when the open stream was culverted. As this was done in stages, it is difficult to date, but there was a bridge over it for traffic coming from Accrington Road, then known as Sandy Brow, which can be seen on early maps. Earlier still, routes out of Worley were through Whizzle or over the Nab, and the other way along Church Lane, Riddings Lane, and on to Ribchester and the north. The Old Grammar School. In 1549, Edward VI, by royal warrant, stipulated that a grammar school should be continually kept in Worley. It was re-endowed by Elizabeth I in 1570. The seal is at Lancashire Records Office and a copy is on the Old Grammar School Information Board. The schoolroom was over the northwest gateway of the Abbey and is why the field around were called Schoolcroft. In 1725, a school and master's house was built by subscription as a boys' boarding school. Due to charities' donations for the poor, day boys were also allowed, and individual fees paid to the master. Many changes have been made to the building since that time. The master lived in the adjoining building until 1821. Originally, there was a wall enclosing the school and there was only one entrance, where today there are two. The side wall was widened to 10 feet to allow vehicles through and steps up to one of the upper back rooms were added, probably as a fire escape. Steps were made at the front when a memorial was put on the land directly in front of the building. The architect for this was a Mr. Percy Scott Worthington, and the memorial was unveiled in 1921. A catalogue by the late George Hardman, listing all those commemorated, is in the Heritage Room, set up by the History Group. Full of local information, maps, old photos, census forms, etc., and is available to the researcher. The full history of the building and contact details can be found on the Grammar School website. There will be a podcast on the old grammar school at a later date. At the bottom of the grammar school grounds is Langshaw's Corner. We call it this because three premises were built by Langshaw's on a triangular piece of land at the bottom of the school grounds. Over the years, there have been a chemist, a carpet shop, storeroom and a flower shop. It was here that once a fire cart stood, which was a vehicle donated by a gentleman for that purpose, as it was a long wait for the Clitheroe Fire Brigade. Today we have Gil Martin's ironmongers and Langshaw's funeral directors. Park Villas, built around 1889 on an area shown as Crow Park on old maps, from Accrington Bricks called Red Bloods. These villas add a wonderful addition to the eclectic style of properties in King Street, built as private houses on the section known as Rope Walk, explanation later. 
they very quickly became homes, some with businesses operating from their front rooms. The 1901 census shows the first bank in Worley, a post office and Dr. Laurie's surgery. Over time, there have been butchers, a toy shop, ice cream parlour and post office, which is 97A, having been built onto 97, which was previously run from there. On the 1859 conveyance map, stocks are shown about the middle of the row. The rope walk and works, which was situated at the end of Crow Park where park villas were built, belonged to Thomas Spencer. In 1800s, it was on the site on the corner of what is now George Street, not, as it is often reported, where the wine shop is today. Hemp, made into rope, was stretched out from the works, a shed, up to the grammar school grounds, where there was another shed. It would then be twisted and pulled into the required lengths and thickness. There is an unproved theory that it was put into the stream, which ran down the middle of King Street, then put on the wall to dry. This is written in Donnie Wallace's books on Worley, which he himself later discarded, I have it in writing, as being a fairy story. Today, this area up to the grammar school is still known as Rope Walk. We crossed George Street, which was established in 1912 when the old cottages and smithy were demolished. On now to Church Lane Corner and what is now the Worley Wine Shop. On the 1762 map on this site was a large house and garden. In 1870 it was stables used by Mary Slater who had the shoulder of mutton, now the Delacey. Then it became the premises for Pollard's plumbing, painting and decorating business where they also did electrical work. The houses in Smither alongside were demolished around 1911 and Manchester Bank built on the site which is now Checkmate selling ladies' fashions. It was at this time, 1912, that George Street was formed and the co-op building established, housing several shops and the upper floors becoming a cinema and nightclub. After Pollard's it became Thresher's wine shop which unfortunately went into decline. Now, Wally Wine Shop, it is a multi-award winning and expanding business renowned for its knowledge of the wine industry. Mr. Tom Jones, the owner, plays a prominent part in all the affairs of the village. The shop is a colourful addition to the street and in the summer months the seating outside and the colourful arrangements by Wally and Bloom make a glorious setting. The shop has now been extended into the premises next door now that Barclays Bank has closed and is operating as a very popular wine bar. The Delacey, formerly known as the Shoulder of Mutton. Records show Mary Wilson as landlady in 1818, but she had already applied for an ale license in 1800. This could have been a renewal or a new one, we do not know. Women were not allowed to run an inn unless her husband had done so before, and that is the case with Mary Wilson. On the 1790 tenancy, James, her husband, is shown in the vicinity paying five guineas rent for a property, which is the going rate for an inn. He also applies for his ale license at this time. James died in 1792 and is buried in the churchyard and recorded as innkeeper. The Delacey is on the site of an ancient hall or deanery, 
where it is thought some of the monks first stayed on their arrival from Stanlaw. This building and the adjacent properties all formed part of this ancient building, and evidence can still be found in the yard enclosure. The license held by the Blue Bell pub on Church Lane was taken over by the shoulder of mutton, the de Lacey. The old building attached to the pub at the back is the subject of many local legends. Plans in the 1800s show it as a hearse house and corpses were stored there, no doubt creating mystery and suspicion for people living in the vicinity. Between the de Lacey and the Dog Inn, formerly the Spotted Dog, were three shops. One, a fancy goods shop, is now part of the Dog Inn. It can easily be seen on floor plans in our possession, as the floor level is higher and the width of the wall can be identified as having been a dividing wall to different premises. The inn was also a farm until the 19th century. Originally called the Spotted Dog, it displayed a sign featuring a Dalmatian. They did not serve meals and relied on beer sales. However, travellers did sometimes need accommodation, and these were put up in the lofts of the three adjoining shops across the courtyard, who rented them out to the Spotted Dog Inn. You can still see today where the doors have been blocked up, especially on the third floor of Atherton's estate agents, who have the shop on the corner. There would have been a staircase on the outside wall. The three-storey row of shops further down were thought to be weavers' cottages. Over the years, there became shops which changed hands several times. We remember Maureen Cookson, who later moved to George Street and became famous nationwide for her fashions. Over tea one day, Maureen told me how the coaches coming down Accrington Road shone their headlights into her shop window so she dressed it with that in mind. She had an envelope containing money and an address posted through one night asking for a dress from the window. That gave her the idea of mail order. The rest, as they say, is history. Also, Mr and Mrs Austin, who ran an antique business and lived over the shop, even though they had purchased and refurbished the White House across the road. Known as the Friars... These Georgian properties are on the 1762 map, shown as two houses, number 33 and 35. Here lived two prominent families in Worley, Solomon Longworth and his daughter Dinah, and son-in-law Roger Green next door. Both men were mill owners. These were huge properties without buildings and land to the rear, and land on the opposite side of the road, along with outbuildings, also belonged to these two properties. Both these men have their names attached to present-day streets, parks and other buildings. Solomon Longworth purchasing Clark Hill later and owning half of Worley. One of the buildings became a temperance hotel, but never did well. In their time, there have been a reading room, library, barbers, framers, and now, precious, ladies' high-class fashion, and a dentist, and are now three properties. The end one, now 35A, can be seen on old photos as a chemist and post office, which is now Kelly's, a thriving hairdresser's and beauty salon. 
Due to its Grade 2 listed status, planning has insisted on many features being kept intact. To this end, Kelly has made sympathetic alterations, whilst incorporating them into a bright and cheerful establishment. When the upper apartments were used by Gregory's, owners of a shop below, I am told it had six bedrooms and that the wash basins were the kind that would tip to empty out, thereby flushing out all the water closets below. These would have been all mod cons when built by the original owners. The original staircase is intact in Kelly's. Number 35 has several oak panel doors of 18th century type and an oak dogleg stair with open string, turned balustrades and wreathed handrail. Three smaller shops further down were built as domestic but are now shops. The end one was a tenant called Billy Day who ran a sweet shop. In 1919, at auction, he bought it and became a property owner for the first time. What is now Trishna Restaurant was always a cafe of some sort. This building is extremely old, and I am told one of the beams upstairs is actually a tree bark. The side elevation is facing the street, and you can see from the roof line attached to the house next door that it is quite a large building. Across the road, now the doctor's surgery, was another very old house, called Ye Old House, same side elevation. Both these old houses would have been built long before their neighbours, but it is impossible to put a date on them. What is now Katie Rolls Florist, once Jim's Emporium, his notice said, we buy junk and sell antiques. This was more a yard than a shop, but way back it was Louis Crook's garage. Louis Crook died very suddenly, quite young, whilst on holiday. His sign said, the clock ticks, but we don't. He sold petrol from cans and charged up radios. The lead table was still in Jim's shop. There used to be petrol pumps outside on the pavement, but latter-day health and safety rules came into force, so had to be removed. Lewis sold the first Ford Poplar car in 1934. It was £100, but he offered it at a discount of £99 and 5 shillings. It was bought by a lady from Worley. The shop was extended with a corrugated roof over the back part and cobbled floor from stones taken from the calder. Row of Old Cottages there used to be small shops in this row. The far end one, near the bridge side, was, amongst other things, the first reading room and library in Worley. It was in charge of the vicar of Worley. On the side of the house is a plaque in Latin, which translated means built in 1830. In other cottages were shoe repairs and greengrocers and fish. The cottages are much older than the one on the end and inside have beams with markings which suggest they were either brought from other buildings or tethering beams in farms. Some people with knowledge suggest these beams are much older than the houses and liken them to old ship's beams. When looking at the buildings from across the street, it is not hard to imagine them as being small farm-type buildings. We know that alterations have been made, doors which were alleyways blocked up and rooms incorporated into adjoining properties. 
Flooding was a problem to these and at the Heritage Room and on my Facebook page we have photos showing milk being delivered to upstairs rooms in 1946 when the mill race overflowed when the cold arose. Abbey Muse, the old butchers and slaughterhouse built for purpose. It traded for many years by the Holgate family and animals, cattle, pigs and sheep would be tethered there before being slaughtered. They had a van for deliveries to the village and surrounding areas. It eventually closed because so many regulations were imposed on the owner. He could not afford to upgrade it, so gave up the business. It is now a travel agent, and prior to this for many years was Poppy's craft shop. Abbey Muse led to the old corn mill, now flats. The mill race still runs behind the cottage that is in this alleyway, and the corn mill wheel is on display in this area. The old lodge is at the end of the Abbey Long Walk and gates to the Abbey. This was the thoroughfare to and from the Abbey, especially when they got the grant to quarry stone from Reed and Simmonstone in 1319. A bridge had been recorded in 1317. The village blacksmith, Bob Altham, made the gates in 1957 in memory of Sylvia and Ellen Greenwood. They are now listed. This now concludes King Street West. Look out for King Street East coming soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more, please go to Worley Local History, the Facebook group, and ask to join. And if you're in Worley or visiting Worley, please go to Worley Old Grammar School where we have a heritage room. In there you'll find lots of photos and information about Wally local history. See you next time.